Welcome to Franchise Voice, the podcast from the International Franchise Association. I'm Jack Munson, and today's guest is Sam Cayucci, CEO and founder of One Huddle a workforce tech company that is the fastest way to level up and fire up your workers using science-backed, quick-burst mobile games. Welcome to Franchise Voice, Sam. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Jack. It's been a while since we've chatted, so uh, just in case any of our listeners haven't met you at a franchise event in the past, give us a little overview of your backstory and what led you to starting One Huddle. Sure. I'll start at the beginning. Uh, I was uh, originally, I grew up in South Florida. I worked my way through the uh, sales management, uh, kind of sales management roles in a bunch of different sectors. My last stop was in the franchise space with a fitness brand. Um, Spent my uh, career, as I say it, coaching and developing uh, sales reps and service team members. And along the way felt like there's, we got it. There's got to be a better way to get people ready to work. And uh, there's one too many watch the module, take the quiz things that my sales teams would always try to (laughs) beat me up for making them watch. So uh, I took that experience and said, we're going to build a tech product and do it faster and do it better. And that's one huddle. And everywhere in technology and also everywhere in franchising, great stories start with, there's got to be a better way, right? Uh, So give us a little overview of One Huddle. What does it do? Sure. One Huddle is a mobile game platform built on the concept that you can learn anything uh, more quickly, more effectively uh, by using the, the power of play, the power of struggle. You know, there's no other product in the world that as you as you experience it and as you fail and as you lose and as you respawn, you're okay with it and you come back wanting more than a game. And, you know, when we look at the workforce, we said there's obviously business challenges today with getting people ready to work quickly. There's information that we have to get from leadership into the mind of our team members so they can communicate it to our customers. You know, so one huddle is a, it's first, it's a mobile tool. Games are two to three minute, quick burst, trivia style. As players play and uh, improve, they move up leaderboards that can then be incentivized and rewarded by, uh, by the organization. It's awesome in franchising where you have a core set of information that you want everybody to know, yet every Z may have different intricacies or different uh, pricing or different people that you want your people to connect to. So uh, we always say it's anything you need to know in a game on your phone. That's perfect. And we're going to get into the gaming aspects of how people are, are uh, navigating their work lives in just a moment. But you and I have chatted a few times in the past and, and something that resonated with me was Uh, even a few years ago, you had said that the biggest disruptions in the workplace are going to revolve around HR and workforce development. Tell me about that and what's going on in the world today as you see it. Sure. You know, I think workers today, largely disconnected, disoriented, disengaged. You know, there's uh, Gallup released a study before COVID that said, global workforce engagement numbers 
are somewhere in the ballpark of 15%. Only 15% of workers wake up every day and say they're excited to go to and work. And that was before COVID. Imagine before, that. Yeah. Before COVID. And, uh, you know, that number has only gotten worse. And I think that I think about disruptions, you know, there's kind of two trends that we see around people. You know, the first is COVID accelerated the future of work by about a decade. Uh, you know, mm. the technologies and the trends we were working towards were coming, but um, because of labor challenges and the fact that technology kept moving at the ticket was moving, you know, we're seeing the functions that make up a job changing at a rate that most companies don't have the infrastructure to support their people on. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is when you invest in a technology, a POS, a Flippy to flip burgers for you, or a automated system, that disrupts a job and the functions that you do get changed. Companies need to be great at reskilling worker for the next function or the next job. And they got to do it in real time and they got to be really good at it. So I think that's the first thing is the speed of, of, of reskilling that technology has brought. The second is the HR teams largely inside of companies have been focused on talent management and making sure no, there's no uprisings, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> right. Uh, COVID turned HR into talent acquisition groups, mm. Gotta not just mm -hmm. manage talent, but find talent. We've got to be really good at it. We see that. And sure. You talk to a lot of brands and franchising, right. That are doing a great job at that. And ones that are fighting through it, but we are now in this next evolution that HR has got to be really great talent developers. You know, so you've gone from management to acquisition to development. And development is a lot more than training, Jack. You know, I mean, training is an event. It's one and done. It's a check the box. You're onboarded. It's always past tense. Development never ends, never stops. And I think that the companies that are going to win in a future of work that we are experiencing are the ones that get that development motion. Let's talk about those companies who are winning. What are the more successful companies, the ones who are retaining and reskilling and developing that workforce? What are some of the things that they're doing every day? I think that the brands that are winning understand that it's all about people, period. And we, you know, we talk to companies, one of the brands we work with is Doghouse. They're a franchise brand out of the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And I was talking sure. to their founders, names Hagup. And in a recent conversation, we talked specifically about team members that, um, and the responsibility that they have to make sure that every worker has the same opportunity to not just learn the next job, learn the next skill, um, but that a stronger workforce is a reality when every worker inside of the each franchise location can compete. It's where the back of house worker could really become front of house. The front of house could become a manager. The manager could become your next Z. And I think the winning organizations go out of their way to, fund, to dismantle 
blockers in that motion for their people. And I grew up in a world where the people that made the biggest impact on me were coaches. Mm-hmm. And as I look at brands like Doghouse and the brands that are winning, they create environments where it's not about managers who tell you to do it because they told you to. It's not even about leaders telling, you know, showing you how to do it. It's about creating an environment of coaching that gets you to want to do it. And, you know, again, it comes down to creating a world where everybody can compete and everybody has a shot. And that's where technology can play a role. That's where culture plays a role. And that's, that's, I think, what's a separator for, uh, it's going to be a big separator even more for brands in the future. Let's talk a little bit more about culture. It seems like the next generation or generations that are, uh, that are dominating the workforce right now, they're changing jobs a lot more, more frequently. And it might not all be about money. Sometimes it's about culture. Sometimes it's about other things. Are you seeing that? And, and what else is making a, a generation of people change jobs more than perhaps my generation did? Yeah. I mean, when I played sports, my coach said, you know, run, run to the, the fence, touch the fence and come back. I never asked why I just, I started running. <laughs> right, right, right. He was the coach, right? So, yeah. And, you know, I do think this generation of worker, you know, mill- you know, forget millennial now, or which I'm excited about because we can stop complaining about my generation now. We yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, millennials, you've been replaced. <laughs> but the gen, you know, the Gen Z workforce, millennial workforce, especially this Gen Z group, they want to know why. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not like the Simon Sinek start with why stuff that everybody might jump to. It's when you change of process, when you change a function, these folks want to understand why that change matters to them and to the business. They want to understand if your mission and vision is aligned with their personal mission and vision. And I think it's great. I, I, I am excited about the challenge that younger players, younger generations, uh, you know, have of their leadership. And I always talk to, there's, you know this, there's you know, certain times when you're at the convention and you may be at the bar and someone's going to complain about Adam's young they don't make them like they used to, Jack. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I watched Nick Saban win national championships year after year with young people, and he's getting 71. I see coaches in all sports, whether it's Steve, you know, it's Steve Kerr, or you see coaches that are tennis instructors who can take college coaches. I just had a great conversation with Anson Dorrance, the 26 national championships at North Carolina women's soccer. They keep figuring it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's possible. So, so how do we do the same thing? And especially within a franchise brand where you've got the corporate team, you also have um, not employees and not staff, but there's this, you know, several other groups of, of stakeholders out there, the franchisees that you're 
responsible for and working with? And how can those franchisees also do the same thing, lean into this and, and foster an environment where everyone is feeling a little bit more fulfilled? I think the best franchise, I love the franchise business model. And I know you do too. Uh, the, the thing that's most awesome about the model is that it comes down to people being able to communicate, re, you know, it has an opportunity to communicate mission, vision, core values, standards, best practices. There's just in the best franchise brands, they do such a great job at creating that culture of improvement, of feedback, mm-hmm. right? We've all known businesses that have struggled because they just don't want to hear it, <laughs> but feedback and communication. It, it's not like a 56K dial-up modem that gets disconnected, you know, with a, with, with one disruption. It's, it's high-speed Wi-Fi that these brands, you know, can, um, can put in place. And you know, I think that there's obvious structures that franchisor and a franchisee, the relationship and what it, what it takes for it to be successful. Um, I think the best brands are great teachers. You know, like the best coaches, you know, coaching is teaching. Teaching is the ability to inspire learning and the best franchise brands create high performing learning environments where, because as the business changes, as something changes at the customer level, the front line can communicate it to management who can communicate it to leadership that moves all the way up through the franchisee to the franchisor. And, you know, it's a high speed network. Uh, of communication. It's fail fast, move fast. Uh, it's not in it. And that type of motion is, uh, I think every franchise branch can continue to think about how we can move faster. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. one thing to say you're innovative, but if none of your, if, if you don't have a lot of resources that are mobile first for your people, you're probably not going to be able to connect with them consistently. You know, if yeah, you're that's still, a really if, good point. It isn't just about innovating because that's almost, I mean, that's just expected at this point, but now it's about innovating faster than you ever did before. It's, you know, if you still have the IBM ThinkPad in the back room, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I, it comes back to, I always use the word, I've used the word infrastructure a lot over the last year and a half uh, for a variety of reasons. And I think that some, you're coming out of COVID and some brands need to look at their technology stack, which is their infrastructure, the foundation of how they communicate, how they deliver their promise. And I, I mean, unless somebody knows a different business model out there, you know, the way you deliver your promise goes from leadership through management through frontline to the customer. And as you try to go around that, it it's more expensive, it's more costly, it, 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 it's, a, it's a bigger struggle. The fastest way to the customer is through your people and we should be investing in technology, which should be innovative by definition, that gets us there quicker, safer. And here's the best part, there's more solutions than ever to do this. I mean. You walk the, walk the yeah. shows that we walk. Yeah. There's so many great products out there that you can invest in to do this. And that kind of leads us to the last thing I wanted to ask you about when it comes to how the workforce has changed so much over the past few years. And that's the work from home or remote work 
Um, obviously, uh, we're not putting the toothpaste back in that tube, right? It's uh, uh, that's something that's probably not going away anytime soon. Um, what do you see happening with remote workers, and and how are brands adapting and innovating to make this work when? Some of the same brands two or three years ago would have said, no, never, we're, we're never going to have people work from home. And now they're almost, some of them are almost 100% work from home. I think this moment is revealing culture. Mm. It's telling you how strong of a relationship you really have with your people. And, you know, move, you know once you have, I you know, sort of gathered the survey, it's, it's also a moment as an opportunity to decide what work looks like. What, uh, what are, again, it comes back to it. What are the pieces? What are the functions that make up a job? And some of those pieces are going to change and move. And, you know, I'm a technology company, so it's different. Now you could be sitting on Mars as long as you get your work done. That's all I right. care about, you know? Right, um, right. Do we got to work a little harder when we're not together? Yes. For some, but it's important to note, right, that there's a lot of brick and mortar businesses that don't get to work from home. Mm -hmm. One hundred and sixty-five million US workers, one in two workers are low wage. They're a four hundred dollar parking ticket away from poverty. Eighty percent of those are service sector. Um, and you know, those workers don't get the opportunity to do that. So there's still a lot of brands here that we talk about, especially in the franchise business model, who, you know. Um, it's face-to-face -face still. It's mm -hmm. connect, connecting in person. I was, you know, one of the things I'm excited about that's coming up is the, the Hill Day in September. And one of the things I've learned over the last four years with the IFA is not just the power and the work they do to fight for the, for the model on the Hill uh, and all, you know, in municipalities all over the country, but when we when I started to advocate and be involved in the process, I learned that you know it's all of our jobs to be vocal and uh, participate. And I bring this back to this point of remote work because one of the things I learned is that there's actually a lot of. As I'm not going to talk about joint employer today. You probably get enough of that, but <laughs> yes, thank I will, you. <laughs> I, but I will say that there's a lot of labor rules written before the you know the internet was even a thought. Yeah, that that make it harder for brands to invest in the people who deserve access the most. And it doesn't matter what side you're on. I'm always on the side of the worker uh, from a position of an opportunity to get better and upskill and develop and learn. And that's what is exciting about you know, this moment of work, especially in the franchise business model is that organizations have a tremendous opportunity to invest in technologies to give people opportunities to skill up, develop, learn, communicate, engage. And um, that is the type of stuff that, guess what, keeps people coming back to work wherever that place is. Very good. Sam, you mentioned before we go uh, the fly-in with the IFA, and I want to invite everyone to join us at the IFA's Leadership Summit and Franchise Action Network annual meeting in D.C. September 19th through the 21st. For more information, you can visit franchise 
Sam Cayucci of One Huddle, if anyone has any questions for you, they'd like to connect, learn a little bit more about how you're helping some brands with many of the things that we talked about here today, where can we reach you and where can we learn more? Well, at the fly-in, I'll be at the JW Marriott Bar on the second. No, oh, you meant in Joe. Uh, You'll be number... sitting next to me. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you can you can find us at uh, www.onehuddle.co. The number onehuddle.co. Onehuddle.co it is. Thank you, my friend. I will see you in D.C. And thanks to everyone for listening to Franchise Voice from the International Franchise Association.